Good morning, Tampa Bay. This is Saba, and we're here at Fire and Ice, and I would like to talk to you today about um, the housing crisis and the rental shortage in Tampa Bay. We have a guest here that's going to help us understand the situation, provide some solutions, and see our way forward. Um, this person is a very impressive person at his young age. He's an entrepreneur, and we could probably learn a lot from him. So let me get started and, and let him introduce himself. Please, Mr. Alexander III, introduce yourself. I am principal at Alexander Goshen. Um, office is located in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, um, as well as we have a small office in Atlanta, Georgia. The history, as you understand it, how did this occur, the housing crisis, and, and what does it look like in terms of rental and affordable housing in that whole process? Sure. Um, so first, to answer your question, how did it start? So this is a thing that's been we've been having a problem with since the beginning of time. Um, us as human beings, us as, you know, minorities, specifically, I'm talking specifically here in Florida. Um, let's just go back with the pandemic where, you know, even in the recession where people have been uh, losing their jobs, um, you know, companies are downsizing, um, terminating, you know, employees for various amounts of reasons, right? So they're, they are able not to, you know, cover their, you know, mortgages. Um, some even were in the case where they didn't even qualify mm -hmm. for these mortgages. And that's where the 2008 crisis came in where, you know, loans were being given out um, to, you know, your unqualified borrowers. And, you know, they got in over their head, you know, these adjustable rates, um, you know, these C-trunch mortgages collapsing and, you know, people are not able to pay their mortgages. Fast forward to here, 2020, we're not yet at the same situation, but therefore, you know, the crisis of, you know, the, the I call it the vid, you know, uh, situation where people were asked to go work at home or even uh, the industries that they were in were no longer essential to the everyday society. So their income uh, that they were getting were at a, you know, 50, 60, 70 percent loss where they're not able to uh, carry out the daily, you know, uh, uh, situations that they that they were needing mm -hmm. uh, to cover with mm -hmm. their expenses so therefore things happen where they're losing their houses you know uh, and continuing that rents being raised uh, housing prices going up in the midst of that um, so even within the middle class today it's even harder for them to uh, afford you know a regular four hundred thousand dollar home which is the actual actual average for Florida. Um, so I like to, um, that's amazing. The average house is $400,000. And I also like to ask you, there's a layered, a layered effect, right, with the correct. pandemic coming out of the pandemic. Absolutely. And the, um, the money that was pumped into the economy Correct. for individuals and for companies, right, created kind of like a bottleneck. And, exactly. and so when we look at that, um, the crisis of some of it was local government and federal government, how they responded and tried to help the people to um, adjust to the COVID, which stopped the world. Correct. And then once it got started, is it, is it safe to say that we're still coming out of COVID? Is it safe to say that um, uh, we need some other assistance in, 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 in making sure people get sheltered? Would you speak on that, please? Correct. Um, I would say there's always assistance that can be done on the state and federal side mm -hmm. to assist, you know, housing uh, needs that are, that are now. Right. Is it an ongoing, you know, COVID situation? You know, I, I don't know. Probably. 
I don't want to get into it because I don't know what's going on with that. True, you're right. To be honest, but mm -hmm. there is a situation going on that is continuous and doesn't seem like there is going to be, you know, a slowdown mechanism of that. So, you know, with that, you know, the situation with, with, with housing um, and all the money being pumped into, you know, these, you know, these PPP loans, these emergency relief fund, all of that stuff. Yes, they were dumped and, 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 you know, being pumped in so hard that now we're reaping the effects of, of all of that with interest rates are at an all time high. They, they pretty much change every month, mm -hmm. almost every month. True. So, which has a ripple effect on housing, mm -hmm. which has a ripple effect on, you know, companies and their jobs. And, and, and now we're going back to the fact where people are being laid off, mm -hmm. uh, which then goes into people not being able to afford where they're, they're living. Mm -hmm. As, as, uh, I would say a state like Florida, mm -hmm. right, where there are a couple of states that, you know, had this mass transition of moving, you know, from the states of California and New York where they were heavily affected by COVID. Right. Uh, Texas being one, uh, Atlanta being another, mm -hmm. Florida being another, mm -hmm. which was pretty much number one or number two, mm -hmm. which affected, you know, rental rates, which affected the housing prices. So the average rental uh, place for rent is over $2,000. Right in the, in this state of Florida, mm -hmm. if you go South Florida, it's like thirty five hundred. Mm -hmm. A lot of people can't handle that. So that's such a a good analogy of how we have to look at salary, right? How we have to look at um, the the um, stagnant salaries per hour, or mm -hmm. what rates are being. Um, offered to an everyday citizen. So if you, I think we have gone way past minimum wage. We, we're now somewhere in like 20 to $30 an hour just to, just to get your necessities done, paid Correct. for. So, but as we look at jobs across the range, when we talked about people now being laid off, um, our governments are not responding to that high inflation rate, those um, high cost of living rates. And, and as you stated, that all contributes to um, people being um, unable to afford their rent, their mortgage. Exactly. And some people, let's speak on what is the inventory, because, you know, inventory matters. Um, who, how many housing inventories are out there and what levels that people would um, fall into. Exactly. So I'm glad you brought that up. So there is inventory, but at what level? And we're talking about affordable housing. Right. We're talking about product that is south of 400000 or below. It's mm -hmm. not a lot mm -hmm. going mm -hmm. on. And if it is, it's not really of quality. Mm-hmm. So there's this issue where, you know, developers or builders, you know, like myself or mm -hmm. others, that will go into these, you know, different rural areas. They'll buy up land um, and create this this product, but they, it's a it's a term called build for rent. Okay. Which does not really help with the crisis of affordable housing, in my mm -hmm. opinion. Mm -hmm. That people want to buy a home, and 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 buy it at an affordable price. The big guys are coming in and they're buying up all of this stuff and renting it out mm -hmm. at that, you know, uh, two thousand or more, you know, rental rental oil rate. So. Which do not assist people who are making way below that, Correct. and Correct. they are actually. Um, what we have, what we call a housing, a housing attrition rate, meaning that they can't afford to buy a house and they can't afford to rent a house. Correct. So if your average salary in, uh, let's say, in a in a, a, a city like Tampa or surrounding area is is less than eighty thousand or seventy five thousand mm -hmm. dollars a year, entry level jobs is at between fifty and seventy five thousand dollars a year. Mm -hmm. How is that going to pay? 
and take care for a family for for a three bedroom, four bedroom home mm-hmm. that's you know north of twenty five hundred dollars a month. How is that going to take care mm-hmm. of a family with a salary like that? Right, um, that's amazing. That that is a that is where we are, aren't we? We're we're there, and typically, unfortunately, um, eighty thousand dollars is a lot of people dream to earn. Correct. And there are people making south of 50000 with four people in their family. Correct, correct. So, but things change. So a home that was, you know, a 1,700, 2,500-square-foot home that was $200,000 mm-hmm. in 2019 now is three-something, four-something. Yes. And then depending on the package that you buy, Within, if you want all ground and tops, if you want hardwood floors or, mm-hmm. or porcelain tile, whatever it is, those upgrades keep adding. So then you're looking at a 450, you know, 475 k uh, mm-hmm. home. You're pretty much priced out. So who who was a, who was who was these homes being built for, basically? So can you answer that? Who are these homes being built for? Because it's not for the average person. <laughs> well. That's funny because I would say the people from New York and the people from, you know, California, it's it's different. Their salary, they're, you know, they go to entry-level jobs and making six figures. Yes. And six figures in New York is, you know, you're, you're, you're pretty much – Living in an apartment that's you know six seven hundred square feet, right? That's right. So when you come down south, right, and you can get two thousand or three thousand four bedrooms with a backyard, yes. and it's walkable and great schools, yes, you know, I think they know what they was building for. <laughs> exactly, you know? that's, so a that's a dream come true when you leave New York and come yeah. to Florida, and if you go to a place like Ocala where you can Correct. get. You can get an acre get with an a acre house. With a house, you yeah. know. So at three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars, that's exactly. like, that's that's the place to live. Yeah. And and yeah. I can I can. So I don't I don't think they was thinking about the people here, right? <laughs> you know, in my opinion, <laughs> right? Like, that's you know. that's true because I I remember um, they had this big discovery where there was a, a developer was building houses and the, the smallest size house for poor people or working poor. It started at $280,000, but if your income is, let's say, $35,000, $45,000 a year, you can't qualify for that kind of house. Correct. So you still, and that's not a big house. That's not even a house with um, a half an acre. Correct, correct. correct. So um, I, I, I agree with you. Um, these houses that that family would need would be like 400000 That's not obtainable with a $35,000 salary. Right. And so um, that's, I think that's what created the bottleneck, right? Everybody is, you know, because we have a huge number of homeless people now. Yes, yes, yes. And to, and homeless people with jobs. Exactly. Yes, I was actually... Uh, watching an episode of an accountant who was living in a hotel, bouncing around hotels mm-hmm. um, because she didn't make enough money. She was only making fifty thousand dollars a year, uh, and it was for this for the for her city that mm-hmm. she was in. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was a public account for the city, and she wow. um, was bouncing around hotels because she cannot afford to buy a home. Well. Funny we should talk about that because at the CEO experience where I met you, there was a young man there. He's um, a graduate from, um, I forget the university, was a HBCU um, university. And he and I hugged and embraced because the last time I spoke to him, he was trying to find a place to live. And I said, did you find a place to live? He said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he says, but it's not what I wanted because Mm -hmm. I can't afford what I wanted. You know, he was uh, he had an apartment on Bayshore. Okay. And then the rent went up um, from nineteen hundred dollars to twenty eight hundred dollars. Wow. 
And so he had to find a new yeah. place to live. And he said, I can't talk to you right now because I'm, I'm homeless. You know, <laughs> so when I saw him at the CEO experience, he said, yeah, I, I found a place. He said, yeah, we can pick up our conversation. This was two years ago. Wow. So it, it's real. It's happening it's to everyday real. people. It's, yeah. Yeah. And it's happening to people that don't have a voice as well, that they are becoming homeless. And now they're saying that um, new people, like you said, coming from California, coming from New York, they're qualifying for these houses, but the local people are not able to afford it. So um, now I'm going to go into, tell us exactly what you do. What what do you do, Mm -hmm. and how does it fit into this housing crisis? Sure, and I'll also give you examples. So to start off, I'm a real estate developer, and I focus on, you know, south, south of the United States, southeast. Within Florida, um, I'm focusing on uh, more workforce and affordable housing for these working class people mm-hmm. uh, that, are, that are here. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to give you a background, we've been in the business for the past 14 years. We currently hold a little bit over 2,000 multifamily units, mm-hmm. uh, three hotels, and, and uh, about, I would say, 200 uh, assisted living, um, senior housing beds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so within the Florida region, we've been focusing on uh, your moral workforce and affordable uh, housing people. And that's given 60% AMIs to 120% AMIs. Excuse me. AMIs. Can you A- break that down for uh, me? Your, your area medium income. Okay. So that's, that's basically what HUD you know, uh, sets for, uh, these, these, these states okay. um, of the, the median incomes. Okay. Now it could be based on city by city cause everywhere is different. Okay. So the median income for, you know, California is right. different for different in Ohio. Exactly. Right. So, uh, but back to what I said, uh, that's the type of, uh, product we focus on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to give an example, we are building, along with some other developers of colleagues of mine, we are building uh, housing for teachers within within the St. Uh, Pete uh, uh, city. Um, so this is, and that, and we're meeting the demand of teachers being forced to move outside of the cities. And this is in partnership with the school board. Okay. Pinellas County staff, teachers, are being forced to move outside of the city, outside of the county, right. because of pricing for housing, right. uh, a place to, to buy or a place to rent. Um, it's, it's not feasible mm-hmm. for them. Mm-hmm. And then what the ripple effect of that is when that happens, to, 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 for them to keep a job, mm-hmm. they'll, they will go outside of the city, they will have to drive into work and, you know, traffic is, is what could yes. be 30 congested. or 40, congested yeah. 30 or 40 mm-hmm. minute, 45 minute ride. Mm-hmm. So their paycheck at a 30000 or $50,000 salary, a lot of that is going to their gas and mm-hmm. their maintenance of their vehicles alone, mm-hmm. not even talking, Before you know, taking work. care of their families mm-hmm. and, you know, everything else that mm-hmm. goes along with that. So true. Right. So, therefore, we came up with a partnership, or the city came up with a partnership to that they had assets that they that was in their holdings okay. within the city okay. um, to focus on housing these uh, individuals that work within the city. Okay. That product is um, a uh, old, it's, it's the Thomason Building in St. Pete. It's okay. an old um Adult Learning Center it used to be uh, a school. Okay. And then also adjacent to that, it's a new ground-up uh, development. Um, okay. So totaling around 240 units. So um, this is so important. By the way, thank you for doing that, that project, because um, we can go back 10 years ago, and the teacher um, community been struggling about affording houses Right. And homes to um, in areas that um, we need the highest need for low income families, students, and 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 unfortunately over the last ten years, people have become poor. Yeah, yeah. They really have. You see it now. It's it's open. You see more. 
you see more population with the homeless. You see, yeah, yeah, you yeah. you actually get to see that. Yeah, Even- and, and teachers have struggled to keep a job that don't pay them living wages and teach every day. Yeah, the uh, teachers. Uh, we're talking about even just just. Your county essential workers, yes. your, your bus drivers. Yes. Your, your, yes. You, we're talking about lunch ladies. Yes. We're talking about even your police officers, yes. uh, your firefighters. Right, right. Um, that are not meeting the uh, requirement mm-hmm. to, to, qualify. To, to qualify for, you know, a four uh, single family room uh, home. Right. So, right. you know. Programs like this and partnerships like this with, you know, different cities, different counties mm-hmm. are much more needed mm-hmm. to help with this crisis, in my opinion. Right. Uh, actually, we, you know, I think we're way behind this. Mm-hmm. You know, if we had done this 10 years exactly. ago, right, we right. would have a better outcome because teachers, our professionals should not be be a situation where they cannot afford housing because they're supposed to be one of the most important groups out in society, you know, and, um, we, I just watched a a program where in Hillsborough County alone, they still have uh, a shortage of 700 teachers. Yep. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that, and a lot of it goes down. We can't afford to teach. We can't afford to teach because we can't afford to live. Exactly. So, if I live in Akala, right. I can't teach in, in you know, Tampa. Right. You know, so. Exactly. So they go somewhere they else. Go somewhere else. Right. And sometimes um, what it creates for this community, it creates a situation where students are not getting what they need. Correct. And, and, and that means that families who pay taxes are not able to get what they need. Exactly. And so, um, again, I commend you for being in that partnership, but. You're in Pinellas. We need you in Tampa, too. We need you in Hillsborough County. I'm open. Hey, I I mean, I think, a matter of fact, I just had a call from an important person that might can make that happen. I can set that up. Okay. I I really can. I can set that up because we really need somebody like you because Tampa is a place where now $2,100 apartments in Temple Terrace. Right. $2,100. And that's two bedrooms. Yeah. So uh, and so we know teachers are struggling here. They're like, well, we can't work in the city that we teach in because we can't afford to live there. Right. And so now that everybody is rethinking the urban setting, people are moving in the urban setting now. Right. Because that's where all the schools. And I think, you know, that Hillsborough County is now south. They're building more schools, building Mm -hmm. bigger communities. And those houses are kind of like. North of six hundred thousand, right? That's a lot. That's a lot. That's of money. a lot. That's, that's a, a lot, lot of money for a teacher. For salary. a teacher salary, that's a lot. Right, and and, lot. and they just got over sixty thousand. That now they're being paid sixty thousand. You can't wow. qualify no, for no. You can't. Yeah, so you can't. We definitely need you. So, when did you develop this interest to do what you're doing? Where did your ideation come from? That makes you want to come into space because you are ex-military. Yes, ma'am. And you also, I, I'm thinking, what were you thinking to get you into this position? Well, that even started before the military. I've always been interested in being a developer, being an investor mm-hmm. in real estate. Uh, I always say I was I was born and bred to do it. Mm. Uh, I am first generation, mm-hmm. but... I was always around people that were of entrepreneurial uh, Can you say that louder, please? Entrepreneur. I was always around entrepreneurs. Yeah. That's the key here. Yes. And and to give you a little bit of history, um, growing up, you know, going through what I was going through uh, as a child, uh, I give a lot of... uh, shout out and and praises to my mother because she opened the door and a vision for me to even think I can do this type of thing. She wasn't a developer. She wasn't an investor. She had aspirations to do so. Mm -hmm. But what she did was she gave me vision. And by that, I'm saying she, I'm from, from Philadelphia. Right. So we would, she would pick me up. She would drive me around 
these different areas that were of affluence, right? Okay. Um, we're talking about where the Italians live. We're talking yes. about where the Jewish people live. Yes. And these homes that were being built mm-hmm. and the assets that they owned, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the high rises, the, the, you know, all of these different buildings. Mm-hmm. And so she always stuck in my head and told me, that's what you got to do to be rich. That's what you got to do to make it in this world. You got to own some stuff. So as I'm growing up, I always thought I got to own some real estate. I got to build some real estate. Now, I went through my episodes of wanting to be in the NBA, wanting to be in music, and wanted that. Obviously, it didn't work out, right? Right. But, you know, I always said, okay, I'm definitely going to do some real estate now, always. Yes. Um, that's interesting story because um, that's a very interesting story because that's how I kind of reared my kids, t- took them to affluent neighborhoods mm-hmm. and showed them the possibilities. This could be you. You can yep. live there. You can own that. You know, this yeah. is what you got to do. We went as far as um, we would visit other people, neighborhoods during the holiday to real ritzy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and take pictures. Take pictures. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, you yeah, know yeah. Right? No, I remember, even uh, homes for sale. Yes. We we knowing darn bed. well we're not going to buy, buy it, it, but we go in there go and look at, at it and yes, you know, ceiling, yep, yep. <laughs> you know, oh yeah, that yeah. could be you. That could be you. That's right. That's how you I know. live my kids. You yeah. know, to think outside of the box. You mm-hmm. know, um, if they put a for sale sign in the affluent area, mm-hmm. we're going to go see that. We don't have no money, but we're going to go see that. You know, right, right. just to plant that seed. So please continue. I love that. Story. Story. Oh, yeah. I mean, even like I said, even with that, it's all about the, the vision. It's all about uh, affirming and believing. Mm-hmm. And, what, and that's what my mother instilled in me. Right. You know, we, like I said, we used to go visit these homes, these model homes by, you know, Richard uh, Wheeling Homes or Toll Brothers, whoever it is at the time right. that was affluent. And these homes that we thought that was out of this world, you know, in these suburban areas. Mm-hmm. But Known darn well, and that agent probably knew darn well we couldn't buy that home, but, but you know, afford, yeah. afforded us to walk around, yeah. And it was every Sunday, yes. you know, going in there, <laughs> you know, yeah, and and mm-hmm. and walking through and sitting down, and yes. you know, and to this to this day, you know, um, I appreciate my mother for that because we walked in our vision, we was able to execute in our right. vision and own real estate, and now it's at the point where. We're developing larger projects and 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 able to mm-hmm. give back and help people that look like me. Yes, uh, and meet you know the demand or or at least help right. help with a little bit uh, to 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 help the the, the needs for you know right. the crisis here. So, thank you, mom, because <laughs> that's what led you here today. Because. Um, CEO experience, and um, you were the keynote speaker there, and you've done an excellent job. And I'm a female, but I was like, wow, I want to be like him, you know, just hearing you speak. I appreciate that. Yeah, so I'm always impressed when I see people doing the hard stuff, because this is hard stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's very difficult to do this, to be the face of wanting to make people's lives better, having partnerships on whatever the state level, the governmental level, but your end goal is to try to make people have a better life. And so I commend you again on that. So my my question, when mom finished um, planting those seeds, um, what did you do? How did you take take, um, that information and bring it forward? Meaning like, what did you have to do? Get licensed? Did you have to go to school? I know you you got to tell me a little bit about the military, what mm-hmm. you did there, because I want everybody to know you are actually a action hero. So yes, please. Ma'am. So um, going forward, you know, I and I'll and I'll summarize this. Uh, being in Philadelphia or being you know Jersey or Philadelphia area. Um, mm-hmm. It it was it was what it was. It, right. it has some challenges, right? right? So, you know, I made the decision, you know, after graduating, since I wasn't going to go to the NBA, mm-hmm. uh, I, I went to and joined the Army. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, being in the Army, I was able to, you know, save money. Um, I was given a bonus uh, when I became, I was, I was a Ranger in the mm-hmm. Army. 
Um, and I was giving uh, the ball. Can you stop there? It seemed like you run past the ranger thing. I just told the audience you're a superhero. <laughs> That's what I'm talking I'm about. I'm a regular guy. I'm yeah, a regular guy. You're a regular superhero. Okay. So tell us a little bit about the ranger. What was that experience like? What was your job in, in being a ranger? I mean, yeah, to summarize that, um, my MOS was, uh, of course, I was 11 Bravo. Mm -hmm. um, I was stationed at Fort That's Lewis. That's infantry. Yes, ma'am. See? I was stationed at Fort Lewis. Um, Me. Okay, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I was stationed in Fort Lewis. Right. Uh, Washington at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, their joint uh, post now with uh, McCord Air Force Base. But yes. uh, at the time, um, you know, going through that, experience uh those phases those challenges being de and then after that getting the first deployment second deployment third deployment right. i was uh overall i was i was i was medically discharged mm -hmm. um uh to situations that happened there mm -hmm. but um that was able to give me the opportunity to see other cultures see other business uh how it was done and cultures how things was was done and also to develop discipline within the military and have standards for myself. Um, that is one of the things that I really carry to this day. Mm -hmm. um, that if I didn't go in, you know, I I used to walk around with braids in my hair and mm -hmm. cornrows and, and mm -hmm. you know, do things that, you know, I shouldn't be doing. Mm -hmm. So I commend myself and my, you know, the, the NCOs that were over me mm -hmm. that was hard on me at the time. Uh, to develop some, he used to say, uh, Joe Sergeant Bills, he used to say, to stickler fortitude about yourself. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, it, it grows some kahunas, I guess he would right, tell me. He was right. an Italian brother. Man up, right? Yeah, he, he was an Italian brother <laughs> right. from Jersey. Right. But um, but yeah, he would he would uh, he would always challenge us to be better. Right. And and want more. Okay. Um, so the discipline effect of the what the Army Standard have, and then of course afforded us to to carry myself into what I'm doing today, right. and and just drive on. So audience, you can't see, but he still looks like a ranger, right? <laughs> you can't see him, but he's buff, you know. And those rangers, you if you've ever been in the military, I spent ten years, and I, when they say, "Hey, you guys going out with the rangers," that means that you're going to be safe. <laughs> You're going to be safe. So just keep in mind, he is a real action hero. Please just, continue. I'm just a regular guy. <laughs> I don't want no smoke with nobody. No smoke. <laughs> Look at that. No smoke. But one of the things I like to find out, what kind of education you need to do what you do? Yeah. So I took the, I didn't go to school first off. Like I said, mm -hmm. I went to the military. Right. When I, I was able to benefit also from being in the military um, was, was, going to school afterwards and that mm -hmm. was with the uh, vocational rehab program okay uh they paid for my school to okay. get a degree mm -hmm. uh finance degree mm -hmm. um i went to a smaller college but mm -hmm. i was able to uh get yeah. a finance degree right mm -hmm. um but like i said i always had that uh go-getter mentality um i didn't share this i should have shared this earlier but in the military i was i was uh doing small investments mm -hmm. uh, with my money in, okay. in, in the military. So I was buying tax lien foreclosures, um, buying assets wow. that were uh, being foreclosed on right. uh, at the steps. So, and renovating them, um, putting them back on, on the market or, or even keeping them in as a portfolio, okay. uh, cash loan portfolio. Okay. Um, so I was able to grow a single family uh, uh, amount. If 92, almost 90 uh, single-family homes okay. at the time. Okay. Uh, then when I wanted, as I got out of the military, uh, I wanted to do more development. Okay. And I was fascinated with ground-up development mm -hmm. and subdivisions right. and, and building homes for people. Right. Um, that was a hard lesson. I, like I said, I didn't go to school. I always, I always learned by my mistakes. Right. Okay. And it was an expensive mistake. Okay. But okay. Um, I got into development of single family homes and building okay. subdivisions and, and learned from that. And that's what afforded me to be uh, a general contractor. Okay. So that's I, a test though, right? You have to go and pass a test annually or every two years. Correct. So right. it is it is a, a test by the state you have to take. Right. 
um, with the experience you got to have mm-hmm. uh, with 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 uh, as a foreman. So to take the test, you had to work with, with somebody correct. to have the, the time and the skill set to go in and actually take the actual correct. test. So with me, mm-hmm. the properties we were developing and the GC I brought on, mm-hmm. that was, I used that as my experience to work with that person. Okay. To be... To, to have hands-on experience, because I wanted hands-on experience. I okay. didn't want to go to anybody else's job. Right. I wanted to control the setting. Right. Even though I was still learning from what, um, and, and learning, like I said, by mistake, you know, how this person was uh, treating the job. Right. Um, I wanted to go ahead and get my license and, and you know, become a contractor to, one, control uh have control more of the project, uh, the labor, the material being more hands-on mm-hmm. um, to to help uh, with my bottom line. Right. Um, so that's that's where I got into that. So at that time, you actually was a subcontractor until you became a primary on on a job. No. So I was um, what you call. Um, a foreman on my own jobs. Okay. And I hired the GC to do my my jobs. Okay. okay. So he was the prime on and got the permits, or I would say uh, it was two. I started out with a female first. I okay. was actually taught by by a female. Okay, good. Um, she's good it was, job. It was it was it was pretty cool. But, right. Um, she she's been in the business for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, very smart, mm-hmm. um, but you know it, it had its challenges too. Right. But, um, so that's a segue into, and this is I want you to just um, clear this up for me. They saying now contracts are are they picking up or slowing down because they're saying the construction side of it now and the lending aspect of doing big projects, the banking so, is slowing so, down. Yeah. So that's. Is that true? Question. I wouldn't say construction. I've had the busiest year I've had within years okay. in construction because mm-hmm. we do several sides. Uh, one being more government contracting, mm-hmm. as well as uh, self development mm-hmm. of our own projects. Right. Um, but if you're talking about the lending lending aspect, uh, yes, okay. uh, more banks are being tight um, lending lending out you know, their products that right. they would normally be more more to do. Mm-hmm. Um, now they're only looking at their current clients that they have, that they have mm-hmm. um, and, and lending with them. Okay. So it's, it's harder for, let's just say, a developer to go in um, to get a loan from a bank to do a construction project, a larger mm-hmm. construction project. Mm-hmm. They're requiring more, or either even denying uh, that developer. That developer would then have to go find partnerships with more experienced developers to probably get that project done. So, what I hear you're saying, there's probably not a lot of um, tolerance for new people that come into the field correct, now. Correct. Correct. And so, because they're looking for more proven companies that have been on board with them for a while now. Correct. That has correct. actually participated in repaying loans and right. And so, right. what do you think that does to the industry when they when the banks behave that way? So, the banks. Well, it's a couple of things. It slows down inventory mm-hmm. um, for housing. This is why, you know, we have this crisis of mm-hmm. the newer developers that get into this space. They're the ones that want to do these two and three and four hundred thousand dollar homes that can help help mm-hmm. with this housing crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, but they necessarily don't qual- or don't fit the standard or that box for these inst- institutions. Mm-hmm. Now, there's other programs out there that these developers that can go through, like CDFIs or, mm-hmm. or, or different state incentives, state programs that, that could help with that. Right. But at the top level, um, institutions, like I said, it, it's it's more of a challenge to, to do these type of products. And a lot of products are not, uh, or projects are not um, penciling, I mm-hmm. would say, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because of, you know, rates right. because okay. of uh, construction, right. um, 
you know, is fluctuating at this point? So this is the state of Florida. Mm-hmm. And the state of Florida has unique challenges like hurricanes. Yep. yep they have yep. Um, um, a shortage of materials because yep. of mm-hmm. those types of things. And so is that a, a, a tribute to how the banks behave in terms of they may not want to because they are considered as a traditional mm-hmm. capital agency that would loan. What about the non-traditional? Because, you know, there's no, like you said, they have to go a different route. Maybe the state will give them the money to build certain buildings. Mm-hmm. How does that, you know, and FEMA plays a lot in different yeah, things exactly. too. So with all of those moving pieces, how does that um, help to continue trying to build affordable housing in a state of Florida that maybe next week we're dealing with a hurricane, maybe we're dealing with a flood, you know, because this is the time of year for all of these strange things Correct. to happen. Um, so that that is that is going to be an ongoing thing. Florida's weather is never going to, be, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I know. You know, it's always changing. It's always going to be consistent the way it's right. been. So insurance is an issue here in Florida with developers, um, and that's a challenge that is being dealt with uh, on a state level that at is this point. True. Um, so what I can say and what I'm seeing out there in the market is to continue development is you're going to have to continue to be creative. You're going to have to continue to seek partnerships, mm-hmm. um, untraditional partnerships. Uh, people are looking at alternative sources of, of funding um, from private private money, right? Uh, CDFIs, um, you know, there's a few out there, especially within the, the state of Florida. Yes, um, that are that are wanting to continue this helping and forwarding this this uh, housing crisis. Um, so you're just going to have to continue to be creative. It's it's challenging. Real estate development is is a challenging business to get into. Right, you know? but when I look at your resume. Um, you got like at least, um, and you just recently got an award this year. Can you talk about that? <laughs> yeah, your award. Yeah, so um, I was awarded. Uh, Title it, first. Tell us what you was awarded. Well, it's it Connect CR Emerging uh, Developer Award. Ah. Um, that so that's. You know that's that's something. Like I said, I'm a regular guy. I don't look at those things like that, but. You know, I'm I'm just doing what I always thought I wanted to do. But right. that's that's something where you're recognized as uh, a consistent uh, player in your field yes. that is emerging and that you're you're executing and, you, and, you, and you're doing uh, what you're supposed to. Do. So you're being recognized, for, right? For um, and it's only a few people in that field that get it. He's very modest, guys, but he <laughs> is he is definitely who we need to help us get through this crisis. Um, that award only come to a few people. And, and, and when he talk about getting recognized, that means out of everybody else out there, he's the one they select. So he's doing the right thing. So this is um, Mr. Miles Alexander III. He is definitely in real life and every day just a regular superhero. <laughs> <laughs> so so my my. Other question, because we're going to wind down real soon. This is Fire and Ice, and we are interviewing again Mr. Miles Alexander III, and he is the principal of Alexander Goshen's company, and he's all over Tampa, Florida, but mostly concentrated in the southeast. Correct. Right. And so why the southeast and why Fort Lauderdale? Well, Fort Lauderdale... Uh, I was brought to Fort Lauderdale for other reasons, okay. uh, family. Okay, um, okay. But, you know, the way of life, the culture there, you know, the, you know, especially within, you know, the, the West Palm area, Palm mm-hmm. Beach area, mm-hmm. Fort Lauderdale, Wynwood, all of that, and the arts and all of that stuff. Right. I'm, I'm a fan of creativity and, you know, and innovation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I see a lot of that you know, there, and I wanted to be a part of that, if not be at the forefront of of that movement. So if we go into a SWOT analysis, um, and and, because we're winding down, I want to just give um, a testimony to SWOT. I want to say, what is your biggest strength in this industry? I, execution. I I, I will not stop to 
get, you know, I will I will not stop until the deal is done, until the okay. project is done. Okay. It's a it's it's always about your word and doing what you say you're going to do, and that's just a military thing in me. You yes. know, if I said I was going to do something, even if it and I get the short end of the stick, I lose some money, right? Whatever. But the fact is, I actually did it. I gain more respect with that uh, as being a man of his word. Okay. So um, we don't like to talk about our weaknesses, but if we're human, we do have them, right? Yeah, we have challenges. We have right. weaknesses. Right. You know, so. <clears throat> I'm, I'm now challenging my challenges. So okay. as you guys can probably see, I don't like to talk a lot. Okay. I'm not a good networker. I think you're good. I, and, I and, and, um, you know, the CEO experience, uh, shout out to Mr. Andre Ware, Mr. Albert Lee, mm-hmm. um, that got me out of my shell a little bit. And and that's fine. I needed that. Right. Um, but I'm the one that's, you know, behind the scenes. I like to get the deals done. Um, I don't like to come outside, you okay. know, if the, as they say, okay. you know, you're, you're not outside. I'm, I'm not. So, okay. you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not a party guy. Mm-hmm. I don't drink or smoke. Right. Um. So, you know, and that might sound boring to people, but, you know, it's it's it helps me. I love I'm, I'm always with my children. Right. I like working out a lot. Right. Um. So, so no, no, no. Those are your strengths. You just you everything you're saying. It's, it's so, so yeah. Right. Yeah, you're, you're talking about strength. Yeah. But so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But um, but to, to say with that, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, being more outspoken. Right. Networking. OK. Getting out of my shell. OK. That is something that I'm, I'm working on. OK. Uh, and, and continue to develop. OK. Continue. That's very good. So what about your opportunities? Because, you know, opportunities. Um, what are you looking at at your opportunities for the future? You know, it can be a future um, project. It can be something that you're hoping to um, get into. Yeah. So we have in our pipeline about 1,100, 1,200 units Mm -hmm. in our pipeline in the state of Florida Mm -hmm. uh, that we are getting ready to break ground within 24, year 24, year 25. And it's continued to develop, you know, uh, market rate housing, affordable housing Mm -hmm. um, for 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 all people, not just people that look like like us, but all people that need a place to to stay. Mm Um, there's always going to be housing, right. you know, needed. So the opportunity is is always always uh, to come. So okay, great. So the last thing, what are the biggest threats? The biggest threats mm-hmm. <laughs> with Florida, yeah. The weather, <laughs> yeah, it's true. The weather is interesting here. Yeah. It's very interesting. Yeah, there. yeah. Um, you know, yeah. you never know. Some, some, some. Excuse me if I say this out of turn, but some lady will always form because the, the, the hurricane is oh, yeah, always named out the female. female. Yeah. Some some lady will form and get mad and come over and tear a city apart. Right. You know, that's so true. Uh, that's, true. that's that's their biggest threats, I would say. OK, um, you know, I don't get into the po- political side of things too right. much. But, you know, I would say um, ad- ad- addition to that, we we need to start challenging uh, our cities, our counties, our legislators, you know, and, and to you do know, more, right? To do more mm-hmm. perfecting, mm-hmm. more incentives for affordable housing. Right. More partnerships with developers right. to incentivize affordable housing. So I'm gonna ask you this question. Um I noticed and I don't know if it's still in motion that every project has to have a certain amount of minorities on it. In some projects. So if you, they, they put that uh, requirement in there. If you're mm-hmm. doing a public-private partnership mm-hmm. with some some somewhere in the state, mm-hmm. um, city-owned assets, or if you want city funding mm-hmm. or state funding, okay. uh, they might require minority participation at some level, 10 okay. to 20%. Okay. And in and, and your uh, movement, have that been an issue? Not at all. Okay. Not at all. We. Right. Uh, I love working with my brothers and right. sisters. Right. So, right. Right. And, and if y'all don't good. know by now, I'm a, I'm a brother. So yeah. I, I, don't, I don't have a problem with bringing my brothers on. Right. So. That's excellent. <laughs> um, so um, if you have to leave a um, a quote or something that will help people, help them to 
um, move towards their dream, manifest their reality. Sure. What would you like to say to that? I don't have a quote, but I always say, and I said this at the CEO experience, mm -hmm. you know, we're here for a purpose and we need to live in our purpose, whatever that may be. If it is for you to be a billionaire or for you to be, you know, an essential worker that is, you know, delivering positivity to your city every day that right. is needed. So continue to live in your purpose. Don't let, don't let anybody alter you from that purpose, that vision, that dream you have. Okay. Um, so it's for me, that's what I'm developing and learning now. Okay. As I've done development, I've done built a lot of things. I still was doing it without a purpose. So, you know, to see a building go up where families are smiling, they can come outside, they can play in a playground, right. they can go inside and it's warm and they can cook and they don't have any issues about worrying, you know, about lights being cut off or, right. you know, et cetera. You know, I, I, I feel that for me is fulfilling my purpose. So, okay, that's that's very good. Um, I'd like to conclude here with Mr. Miles Alexander III. Um, how could we reach you if we wanted to reach you? Sure, sure. Um, my email, you can email the company email at info mm -hmm. at alexandergoshen.com. On all social media, it's alexandergoshen.com. That's A-L-E-X-A-N-D-E-R-G-O-S-H-E-N. And then also my website is uh, www.alexandergoshen.com. Excellent. So you have it from the um, regular guy, superhero, Mr. Miles Alexander III. And I'd like to thank you for being here because yes, um, I have to come clean and say, when you said purpose at the CEO experience, that stuck with me. So I appreciate your motivation and I appreciate your personality and your willingness to follow through, which you said you always do. So yes, thank you, um, community. Um, we will... Um, talk about more about the housing crisis in the near future. But today we have really dived down into the situation. So hopefully we can come up with future solutions and um, we'll talk about it as we move through the process. Thank you. Goodbye.